Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories from local legends of Australian running that you simply always wanted to hear. Today in episode eight, I interview Brisbane's Jake Townsend. Jake's story is genuinely inspirational. Between the age of 20 and 30, Jake was hardly running. Instead, he was leading a life of drinking and smoking. At the age of 40 now, Jake completes a very regimented weekly program has recorded PBs as fast as 16.30 for the 5K and an hour 16 for the half marathon. Anyone can look at Jake's running times from years ago until now, and it is clear that he's improved as a runner. What we don't see, though, in these observations is the personal self-development Jake has undergone over this period, with running being the main catalyst to simply becoming a better person. So as always, enjoy hearing from another local legend, Jake Townsend, as he sheds light into his truly remarkable and motivational story. Mate, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this one. Um, for a few reasons, like it's, you know, your, your running's really improved in the last number of years. And, and for you, I know that the running, like the, the performance of it is only one aspect of, of the whole journey and yep. you know, looking forward to delving into the, the side away from the running. And, um, you've been a pretty avid listener from the start too. I think you've listened to, to all of them now, I think, bar Chris Gale, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I, um, I usually chuck it on when I go for a long run. Cause you know, you've had some interesting but really really good athletes and i just i thought well maybe i can learn because you ask such really good pointed questions for like people like me and um i think well i could adapt some of that into my training and and hopefully that'll help me and get as good as them so i was like right i'm going to start listening to this in a long run and yeah it's been really good oh excellent i'm glad yeah and you know variety is the key here and you know when we compare you to the episode one runner kai robinson who's probably the fastest current 5k runner in the country <laughs> you know it this is not about this is not about the fast and the slow it's about getting on coaches and 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 stories behind runners uh, for various reasons so definitely yeah. looking forward to it mate i want to start on the noosa marathon you were you're up at the noosa marathon it's called the runaway festival isn't it is that the full name of it yeah it's called the the runaway noosa marathon i think or runaway yeah I was going to say Bay, but yeah, I think Runaway Noosa Marathon it is. Yeah, yeah. I've said that before. <laughs> That's Runaway Bay. That's um, down the coast, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's totally different from Noosa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how'd you go there? And, and did you enjoy the event? And have you done it before? I've never done it before. I've only heard of it. And um, Jess sort of got me onto it because she was running the marathon there. And um, I was like, oh, that'd be a really good lead up for the, the half, like for the full Gold Coast Marathon. So I thought I'd jump in on it. And, um yeah it's a really really good fast event i can vouch for that yeah so you've got the the full locked in for gold coast so this simply was yep. acting like a training runners just did a marathon um it's pretty flat course up there is it two out and backs for the half marathon and you know pretty smooth sailing in terms of minimal hills yeah really good there's two two bridges they're only just yeah. slight bumps but you you do feel them when you are uh, you dig in i guess Going over them twice is all right, but I don't know about a marathon on that last loop back. You'd be, you know, you'd be sick of seeing it. Yeah, or any kind of wind. I hear about wind sometimes there. Um, but you're a 116 or just over 116. That was a PB for you. 
Yeah, um, it was. So, you know, your training led into that was pretty, pretty solid and consistent and involving a fair few hills and stuff. I'm sure that all yep. that, you know, was a, a, a factor in the performance. Yeah, definitely. I've got a really good coach. Um, he's a, he's an excellent runner himself and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have him and I spoke to him about, I initially I said, oh, what do you think about doing the 30 before Gold Coast at Noosa? And he's like, no, no you, you'll kill yourself before Gold oh, Coast. Gold Coast, GC 30? Um, there, I think there was a 30 at Noosa that you could do. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And um, I suggested that and he said, no, I think that the half marathon will be better so you could really absorb it before Gold Coast. So um, he targeted a lot of really short VO2 sessions and put them in, um, tailored it for marathon running. So I could sort of give the, the half a, a really good crack and yeah, come away with a PB, which I was really happy about. So, Oh, it's great. And um, just tell us the pace. What's the pace equivalent for the 116? Is it 3.30 something? Um, 3.36 it ended up being per kilometre. So um, I think there was roughly two patches where those bridges were actually where I did a 341 and a, a 340 and uh because I had my mindset on 335 for the whole race and just tried oh. to stick at it so the rest <laughs> of the days were between 330 and 340 were they yeah just 330 and uh 330 yeah oh, so the worst one was 341 oh that's awesome um that's a good leeway actually into um how we know each other because we <laughs> send back to the Kedron Park run and if you're running 335s <laughs> you know, five, six years ago where we met there, you yeah. would have been pretty happy and now you're doing it for a half marathon. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that the other day. Like we've known each other a oh, good part of six years, I'd reckon, and six, seven years. And we used to show up at Kedron Park Run when it was that old one where we used to come up in the oval yeah. and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, the grass. I've got to beat him. I've always wanted to beat you. And I was like, I just, I could never could. And I was like, one day I'm just going to show up there. I'm going to say nothing. And <laughs> it's always good fun like we'd always have a good crack at each other every saturday i used to enjoy that, that oh yeah and that was before that was before they changed the course and as soon as they changed the course which i reckon was about 2016 yeah no later than 2016 it became yeah. a really desirable park run because of how flat it was and simply an out and back on the on the kedron brook and therefore, yeah. you know, that brought all the Burke guys and quick guys or, you know, women for that matter, wanting to, women faster than us, wanting to um, yeah. <laughs> get amazing times. So everything changed. We almost, we were like the big dogs along with we probably Elliot Carr's always been there. You know, he was mm. always there from the start. Too, but, you know, we, we were almost guaranteed a podium going yeah. in the early <laughs> days. Now it's, you know, you can turn up and come 20 or 30 20. Days, running a yeah. 17 something <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> oh yep. yeah things have changed now um i just wanted to get to like a personal bio on you just some background for listeners too and just in terms of like work um where you're located in terms of living um family background that kind of thing yeah sure um i guess i can start where i live currently um I live out at Fernie Grove. I don't know if you know where that is, but it's sort of out past Stafford and you keep going out there and it's, it's quite hilly. Um, yeah, it's really I, grew up in running, I grew up in Ashgrove. Oh, did you? The Gap, which then backs on to almost Fernie Grove. So not too far from there is where I was brought up. Definitely know it. Yep. And definitely hilly. Oh, yeah. I think it's been really good for training. I've lived here for 
oh, best part of six months now, I'd reckon, before we moved from Albion, because you and I were going to meet up at Albion for some <laughs> regular long runs and yeah, I ended up out here. Um, yeah, I lived out here for six months. So, as you know, I live with um, Jess and we uh, do a lot of training together out here. Um, she sort of, I used to get lost a bit before she showed me around and now, yeah, there's some really good avenues and tracks and um, I guess probably a start of running eight years ago, I guess, just as I wanted to get out, get fitter and um, just sort of jog along and it started getting really addictive, I guess. Um, and yeah, I was pretty, what was I? I think I was 97 kilos when I first started running. So it wasn't small and it wasn't, wasn't easy. I was an ex-smoker, um, about two weeks off and yeah, decided I'm just going to head out the door and start jogging about eight years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to the whole story shortly. Where are you living? Is that, that's Jess's place? Like have you, have you moved into her place then? Yeah. Yeah. And how sure do you guys have. meet? And you know, for some, for some couples, the, you know, if both are into the same thing and doing the same thing a lot, it can be a really good thing or really bad thing <laughs> for you guys. It seems to be working. You're both runners. Did you meet out in the running community? How did that relationship start? I was really, I wouldn't say weird. We're just, I guess, you know, fellow runners. We just went for a jog one day and um, we're just having a bit of a chat, bit of a jog, um, grabbed a coffee after we finished running and went for another run. And next minute we went for dinner and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um no to, to be serious though like it works really well um because we understand what it takes i guess and i've learned a lot from from jess about what it takes and um both being runners we understand that you know sometimes there's this sacrifice where a, a non-runner i guess would think you're being so selfish but it's not really about that so we, we get that part of it which pretty lucky to be honest so yeah i'm, I'm really happy about that one Oh, for sure. And, you know, we'll get into also how you're balancing it with um, the kids <laughs> or kid. I don't know if you've got multiple or not. That's my next kids. question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it does get tricky when you know, we have our children. Um, there's five of them all up together um, over the weekend. So there's a, a bit of logistics. Yeah. So my two boys and Jess has twins and, and her son oh, as well. Yeah, between you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it can get pretty there's a few logistical challenges we bump into on weekends and uh, no, i'll have that with one kid God. <laughs> we make it work that's for sure uh, it makes us work by the end of the, the weekend we're pretty pretty tired but um there's a bit of an unspoken routine whoever goes out first then comes back and packs the lunches for the day and, and works out the activities so when the second person comes home they get in the shower and we all go out and have our activities and make sure the kids have a good day and Oh, wow. And um, what about work, mate? What's happened on the work front? You, I saw you up at like, was that Northern Territory in Darwin or something? Uh, Darwin, yeah. So I'm the business development manager for a company called Hydrera. Um, yeah. I've been there for oh, probably, this is my fourth week now. So I had a bit of a break at the start of the year. I used to be an operations manager for a company um, affiliated with Shell. Um, that was, yeah, I did that for the best part of six years, I guess. And decided to have a bit of a career change and um yeah that's what you do a bit of flying around get to see a bit of australia and new zealand so 
Yeah, and the, so those hours are definitely manageable too with running. Any work from home that allows you to run. Yeah, a bit more definitely. Or, yeah, um, predominantly work from home, um, which gives me the flexibility to to run a bit more, I guess, and um, you can sort of yeah, plan your running a lot more around working from home. But at, when when I went to Darwin, it was a bit of a rude shock because. Um, I wanted to see some of the side areas and stuff and they start at six. So I had to get up at three 30 to go and get my running done before I get on site at six. Oh, and we'd finish at five 36 and I'd be doing an afternoon run. So it was a, it was a bit of a week and <laughs> it was I, fun. I saw, excuse me. I saw temperatures of over 30 degrees too. That must've been a shame. Oh, mate, when I, <laughs> I was running at 4am and I, I didn't take a, any water at the, the first day I got there and, by the time I got back, I could, you know, when you get really dehydrated, your heart rate elevates, you feel mm. tired, your legs just cramp up. I was there at 10 Ks and I was like, you've learned your lesson now, Jake. So <laughs> Bought my water out from a 30, 30 minute run the next day. And, you know, then I had a bit of a longer run the next day and I planted water all out on the, on the Stuart Highway. It was running up in early morning. So, hmm. all right. I'd hate to live there. Like even in Brisbane. I hate the Brisbane summer. Brisbane winter Me is too. amazing for running. If it could be like this all year round, I'd take it. And I'd love to move to, you know, Sydney or Melbourne for their temperatures, but that's not yeah. thing anytime soon. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, mate, look, is it, I'd say there'd be about 15 beats per minute on my heart rate difference. Because like, I went for a run yesterday morning when I jumped straight off the plane. and Really? My heart rate, yeah, it was like I had a new heart. Like, do you wear a monitor <laughs> for that or is that off? Yeah, I do. Rate? Yeah, so it's yeah I always wear a strap. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like right. to keep an eye on it and just see if I'm a little bit more fatigued so I don't base it off pace. So, oh, it's good. No, it's great. Um, and, you know, part of your story too is that in terms of <coughs> um, age, not running age, so to speak, because running age can be, you can peak later, you know, in that time compared to your, your actual age, which is <laughs> a little bit older. And you're, you are running, obviously, your quickest times at the moment. Care to share your age or maybe a, a bracket? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I um, <laughs> I turned 40 in, in December, just gone. So what am I, nearly 40 and a half? <laughs> and you, you, you wrote me into that category this morning in a text. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't thinking and I was like, oh, yeah. Who's having a Bucks part? Uh, uh, hen's hen's night yeah. these days. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Ollie, I forgot that we're yeah, a bit of an age difference. <laughs> oh, a handful of years. I'm not young. Um, but, you mm. know, yeah, like I've said, as we as we get to the we'll roll back to the start um shortly and as we move through that time of 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 being a, a young boy to now you know that's yeah that's really uh it's it it's a really important factor of the story um because of how much growth has happened but particularly probably and you'll talk about it further later on between i'd say 30 and 40 age 30 and 40 big big difference in the way you look at things <laughs> um now let's get to the the running side of things so um i knew most of these times probably from the fact i know you and strava and those kind of things but i'm just going to run through the 5 10 half and mara i'd love for you yep. then to chime in in anything extra you wanted to add in terms of like trail races or any kind of ultra events you've done so on the road yep. 5k or park run for this matter was 1633 that was this year yeah, that was when you were there as well. That was a Kedron. You hit a PV oh, as well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I was just under 17, yeah. Yeah, you did 16.58, I think. Yeah, I think it came up 17 on the Strava, 16.59 on the Garmin watch. Yeah. So I took that. <laughs> I'd claim it. 
Um, and your 10K, you mentioned you actually broke that in that first 10K of the half at the Noosa half marathon yeah. last weekend. I don't know if you can call it official because it just came up on my Strava and said fastest 10K, 35, 44. And then I clicked on it and it was part of Noosa. So. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, if you were to run one, I'm not sure if you've got one planned in the near future. There's no doubt you'd be quicker than that anyway. Surely you could be close yeah. to 35, if not sub 35 now. Um, yeah. Then the half we mentioned earlier with 116 at, at um, the Noosa half. And yep. then the Mara, again, I think if you did this again in the near future, you'd beat the time, but in a few um, weeks, 254. Yeah. Well, yeah, sorry, yep. Gold Coast. Let's um, not forget that. Um, <laughs> 254, which you did at Sunny Coast too, which I know has got a hill there. That's the start of the, the route, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You go straight up over Alexandra Hill and you go up over it. I think you go out for a few Ks, turn around, and then come back over it. Um, I did that one in October. I was just coming off a stress fracture and had about eight weeks worth of training and thought I'd uh, try and have a go and ended up there. So it was bloody hot. Pretty good time. Oh, that was not that really hot one, was it? Yeah, they had to postpone it. I think it was because oh. yeah, it would have been COVID. And so they, they moved, pushed it back till October. And, yeah, 20, 2019 wasn't COVID though. If it was 2019, was it 2020? Oh, I wonder why they postponed it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, last year they postponed it and moved it to October. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, being a bit later in the year, there's been a few hot ones on and off anyway as well. Um, no pretty excuse. good time considering too. Yeah. Yeah, so any other extra times you wanted to add in there around those sort of different events off the roads? I guess those times have only really come in the last 10 months um, that I've put on the road. Uh, the, the rest has all, all been like uh, ultra marathons. I've had a lot of starts and uh, DNFs in a few just from like injuries and um, there was UTA 100 I did back, I think that was 2019, did a 12.01 or two. Um, that was for 100Ks in the Blue Mountains. And then I, <clears throat> I went back in 2020 and got to 52, 53Ks, but I, I started with the stress fracture in my shin and you know, progressively got worse during the race. So I knew that something was going to happen and it, it blew up and pulled me out for a long time. So yeah. um, there was Black Hole 50. That's in Mapleton on the Sunshine Coast. Um, did that 50K. That's set in roughly about September, I think. And um, gets pretty warm there. And I think it was about a 4.58 um, for that 50K. So there's a lot of climbing and it's just managing logistics of the heat and making sure that you get your, your correct nutrition in and um, uh, electrolytes as well. You know, just the sweat factor in that race is it's next level. <laughs> yeah, well, the times times have become far less relevant, don't they? When yeah. The hills and, you know, the course would deviate a little bit in, in various ways each year. Hmm. Um, so, you know, the, unless you've run the event, it might be of relevance to you. Um, yeah. Listening in, but, um, and often those are, it's a different thing, isn't it, being out there? It is like even for an example, BOR half marathon that I did this year in February, like it's not comparable to Noosa half. Like I think I did a 142 there, which got me second. Um, but a 142 half in <laughs> BOR is, is, is quite good, you know, <laughs> like just from all the hill climbing. That was at night. So, you know, you put that other factor in, it was wet and, and muddy as well. So, yeah. Okay. And, and um, so if we look back at the, all those road times are there any out of those 
at this point in time you think is is the pick of the bunch? Would you pick the half as the best one? <clears throat> yeah, it definitely would have been the half. Like it was a, a different feeling because I've trained a lot different this year from what I ever have. And when I used to get tired, everything just used to slow right off. But I was tired in the half at 12 kilometers, but seemed to manage to to just hold that 335 to 340 pace. Yeah. And like it just, it didn't slow down. Um, when you mentioned, is, what, what do you mean by tired too? Is that in what, in what capacity were you fatigued? Um, just like when you push, like you're breathing heavier, your heart rates up a little yeah. bit, your legs yeah. feel a bit heavier. Um, yeah. And usually I used to get those feelings that you sort of slow down. Well, and but Saturday just, it didn't happen. Yeah, well, the training's there and, and the weather was great too. Uh, mm. yeah, obviously, so many factors as to why it can be fatigued. It could be energy levels, could be the heart rate, breathing rate, could be the legs, yeah, uh, mental challenges, could be heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Things right. And um, yeah, and it, was, it went so well. Yeah, I was pretty happy with, like really happy with that, that effort actually. And um, just, I guess there were so many fast people in this half too. Like it was, you know, yeah, what'd you come? It was like we said, <laughs> 37th. <laughs> Isn't that degrading? So that, awesome. why, Come on, man. This is why it's all a, it's all often an individual pursuit. Like once you're out in these fun runs, the position doesn't matter that much, unless you're wanting to podium, of course. But yeah, to us, us sloggers who are, you know, se- yeah, semi-elite at the very best of, of uh, <laughs> titles, <laughs> you yeah. leave out a individual pursuit for a better time or enjoyment for some who you know older age yeah i reckon like it was i guess starting at the start it was like we were going out at park run like everyone just went bang and flew off and um you know there was a few of us in burton we were all run about the same pace which is really good so sort of sat in a, a bit of a group and just ticked along which helps a lot as well so yeah, definitely. So this this leads nicely into the we'll run through the story and stuff from the start. And even as young as like, I just want to get some background around you as a kid, where you where you grew up, what what factors around you were, both pros and cons towards you becoming anything in the direction of a runner, uh, whether that was even a, a thing back then for you. And then yep. run through the teenage years and then into young adulthood. So, yeah, wh- where what was childhood like for you, Jake? Um, childhood, I grew up in uh, Melbourne in a, in a suburb called Springvale. Um, so I, w- I went to Springvale High. Well, it finished. Yeah, sorry, this is going back a fair way. Um, finished what Springvale Primary School from <laughs> <probably> 1960. <laughs> Finished primary school. Um, I guess this reminds me of a couple of things. So um, I used to remember I'd be on the back on my bike with mum and I remember talking to her and she said, we're moving to Queensland. Um, when she was out for a run, I used to go on my bike with her. And um, we moved up to Queensland. I think I would have been 13, 13 years old. Um, and we moved to a place called Springwood. Um, we we come up in the caravan and spent a few months outside, right? Coming up, yeah, yeah. And um, we sold all our well, my parents sold their house in in Victoria, and we moved up here, and they're looking for a place to stay, and got the real estate agents driving around as they they did back then, and um, we ended up in a place called Kingston, like right on the south side. But unbeknown to my my parents, it's a um 
a little shady that that area um we got taken in some other route in we've got bought to this really nice house with a swimming pool and um yeah we moved in there and we i went to school at kingston state primary and high school there um and then when i was at school i used to jump in on a few of the sports carnivals um just out of curiosity because i used to see my mum run a lot and um so i jumped into a couple of the carnivals there and I won a few on the track and uh, did a few there and probably represented the school once or twice for the, the 100 meter, the 400. And I think there was like an 800. Um, and I used to, yeah, I used to do all right. I didn't really think much of it and turned into a teenager and discovered other things, you know, alcohol, cigarettes. <laughs> um, and then went off and did my apprenticeship for a few years and then found myself out on the, the oil rigs when I was 18. Oh, really? Yes, and yeah. So tell, tell us, when was your first beer? <laughs> About 12, 13 years old, I think. <laughs> was it 12? Yeah, oh, just, you do know. Remember, do you remember where and, and who was around when you had your first beer? Or was it your parents? Oh, no, nah, a couple of my mates. We, um, Dad had a few beers in the fridge downstairs. I remember we uh, took oh. a couple out and hoping they wouldn't notice. We had a can each and. Um, when they went to bed, we, we put them in the freezer and sat out in the back veranda and then we cracked on it. <laughs> Wait, was that grade seven or eight? I think it was grade eight, grade eight or grade high nine. Or sounds so young now. Question. Yeah. Yeah, high school. <laughs> and they do know they do know that. We, we don't have to cut the one out of the uh, episode, do we? Oh, yeah. No, probably you can leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um and you know, was that that pretty much experimental at that point in time? Or, or, or were yeah, you definitely. Actually, getting intoxicated. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> we we're just you know being teenagers, yeah. curious, and had a had a couple, well, couple. I meant one each, but yeah. And um, yeah, we um, well, I guess that experiment stopped until we were about fifteen or sixteen, and we discovered partying and partying with your school friends, and all the the running went out the door, and the football, and um. Yeah, decided that parties were more fun. <laughs> we went down that way for a few years. Yeah, I was going to ask then, that. Yeah. Um, ended up on the oil rigs when I was 18. Um, and yeah. probably would I work away for oh, best part of 12 years. I think I would have worked away on a rotational roster. There was been to some interesting places in Australia and all over the world because of that job. Um, like Iran's probably one of them. That was a very interesting country. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, Singapore and places like New Guinea and um, all over Australia. Been some really remote places of Australia, which has been good and met some really good people along the way as well. Um, and yeah, I would have done that for 15 years before I decided that corporate life was for me and moved and worked towards being more corporate and moved out of the, the field area, so to speak, and into corporate life to, to manage all the, the, the field operations. Yeah. Okay. So where, where were you actually living and based at after you left high school? And did you grad, so you graduated from, is it called Kingston State High School, is it? Kingston Heights State High School. Yeah. Um, OP, left OP there. OP2? <laughs> Half. <laughs> I probably don't want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting the parting. Parting was a bit of a theme. <laughs> yeah, it really took over my teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> something or not no absolutely it was, it was fun we much at home then you know after you left school were you much at 
home or was it really working your way predominantly? Uh, basically working away predominantly and I'd be home in and out. Like it was a, it wasn't like a, you're going to be home for this amount and then you'll go back for that amount. Like sometimes I'll go away for a few months and um, come back for a little bit and find yeah. I had all this money and decided I'd want to go out and go places. And um, yeah, it was an interesting life. And how do you get into that? Dad or any older? My dad, he actually used to work on the oil rigs back before yeah, just just as I was born and he met some friends that who are really high up in it and said pardon me contacted one of his friends and said um my son wants to get into the oil industry and <clears throat> he had the connections who managed some places and yeah basically got me in that way in terms of uh renting or anything like that was it the same place you're living at or changing um I used to live at the same place and rented and moved and stayed with mates and um obviously met my my ex-partner and um, yeah. so we ended up living together as well so um oh yeah yeah and my two boys so yeah yeah so we, were you gonna... married at one point in time i was yeah um yeah. and so yeah we we had a house on the sunshine coast that was when not you knew me as well so um yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, okay. yeah so we had a house on the sunshine coast and yeah now i live back down here excellent uh so <clears throat> what about running was running a part of your life you know between 20 to 30 definitely not <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had a, a totally different outlook on life back then as to what i do now um 20 and 30 i used to dabble in a bit of fitness and here and there but it was more about how many beers i could drink probably cigarettes a day i could smoke <laughs> and um yeah, a lot of a lot of fishing. Um, yeah, I used to do a lot of fishing as well. So that was more my my priorities in life. And yeah, before I turned running, I did uh, a lot of weightlifting, which sort of led to running. There's a few things what what led to running and and why. So yeah, yeah. So let's delve into that. How that transformation happened and why you or what or what led you to sort of follow those behaviours around. Uh, drinking and, and smoking and stuff like that yeah i guess you know yourself like um those behaviors you can everyone well i'd say 90 percent of the population decide that you know they're, they're all going to try you know have a few drinks and try a cigarette and if it's not for them they'll just go the total opposite way or you know if you're brought up in a, a highly um active family well you probably you wouldn't you if you don't know it you won't go near it i guess but i was one of the, the teenagers that decided I like beer and I like cigarettes and <laughs> that was the path I sort of led down for a very, very long time. I think until I'm going to say eight years ago, I stopped smoking eight, nine years ago. Um, yeah. So still in, yeah, your so 30s, wasn't, still in your thirties. Yeah. Yeah. I stopped in my twenties for a good five years and picked it up again for some stupid reason. I don't even know. I think I just grabbed one and next minute I was, smoke, I was a smoker again, but oh, I can go to the gym and still jog around and have a cigarette when I'm finished, but yeah, definitely not the case. <laughs> and what were you, what were you sort of at the peak of the smoking or drinking? How, how many cigarettes would you have a day or, or beers in a have setting? A packet or a of, um, let's say I'd have a packet of Marlboro golds a day and um, a six pack of beer and probably half a bottle of wine a day. So it was, um, there was a fair bit that went into it, you know, a lot of money. It was a big investment, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and how, 
did you become, you reckon your body and mentally became used to that and accustomed to it for work? Like the next day at work, was it just a part of the day that you're a bit tired and groggy in the morning or was that a routine? I think you, yeah, your body just gets used to it, doesn't it? Like you, you don't under, you don't know what feeling good and fit and healthy is like. Like, and, you know, that's become the new norm was to feel groggy and, you know, a bit foggy in the morning and not feeling good until lunchtime. And um, yeah, and then you come good and you're like, oh, oh, I could go a few beers after work now or, you know, yeah, you get up yeah. early and go down to the track and you could still smell like a beer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and um, so what? After you finished, was it the change of career? Do you think that got you back into running, or was there a point of that in that period of of um, you know finding drinking and, and smoking a part of your life that you wanted it to be out of your life? How how did you sort of transition into becoming healthier and fitter and, and getting into running? Um, I haven't really shared this with anyone. Only people that are close to me know um, why I got into running. Um, so my mother, she was a, a big advocate for running and did a lot of glasshouse ultras up here. And, um, you know, as I've only known my mother as a, a runner. Um, and I th- uh, so unfortunately, my mother, she passed away from cancer when she was 59. Um, and I watched her go through this stage where running was everything to her and I could see it getting taken away from her. Then she'd go for walks then she'd go for swims until eventually, unfortunately she passed away. And um, some of the things as to why I started running is she said to me, you know, if you back off the alcohol, start running, um, your life will change. And um, there was a lot of races that my mum wanted to do that she unfortunately couldn't get to. Um, running hundred kilometers was one of them. Um, and I remember when she said to me before I was a runner, she said, oh, I'll, I'd love if you could come and, and crew me. I didn't even know what a, the, the value of a crew was until I've done it myself. And I just said, you, you're crazy. Like what's wrong with you? And um, so I guess the reason why I went and, and ran hundred kilometers or trained for ultra marathon was because of her. Um, I wanted to finish what she, she started. Um, there's still comrades to go, but um, I did run the hundred twice now, just um, just in memory of my mum, really. And and the, and I started running more and more, and um, started getting really addictive, and my whole outlook on life changed. Um, so when my mum did pass away, my sister is also a runner, and she used to to run a lot and do a lot of triathlete triathlons. Um, and she was quite good at them. And I guess probably four days after mum passed away, I get this email and my sister texts me and said, you better put out your cigarettes, buy some running shoes because I've just booked into the Sunshine Coast half. And, um, so I, just, I remember getting an old watch. I think it was mum's actually. She just ran with a, a normal digital watch. So I just used to wear that and I'd go out and run for an hour and and then run out for an hour and a half the next day. I didn't know what I was doing. I was running in a pair of trail shoes. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And then did that half marathon with my sister in memory of my mom and decided, yeah, I'm not going to smoke anymore. So I stopped smoking and barely drank and started running. And I guess I do it for a lot of reasons, but yeah, because of my mom was probably the, the biggest one why I still do it. And um, it does remind me a lot of her and when I do run and yeah, 
I just I've got a few more things to tick off in her memory, and I guess going to comrades would be one of them as well. Oh, that yeah, that'd be awesome going over the comrades. Heard heaps about it. I'm actually half South African, so oh really? My uncle tends to boast about it a lot. Who I think he did it many <laughs> years ago. He's hardly a runner, but he used to always talk yeah. about doing it when I was a teenager running and stuff, telling me I was soft running like three and five K. <laughs> <laughs> 89 um, kilometers. Yeah. yeah 89. No, I yeah. Yeah. I did train for comrades, but COVID um, prepped up and, and stopped all that. I had the Canberra marathon on to, to qualify for the, the gold start and then, yeah, go over to comrades and yeah, finish that one off. Yeah. Okay. And what year did she pass away, mate? It was seven years ago in August, August 14th. Yeah, so it only feels like yesterday. Yeah, so I would have been running with you at the park run within a year you of were. that time at Kedron. That'd be correct. Yeah, that's where I picked it up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'd, ne- you'd never pick it. You'd never pick nah. it. <laughs> yeah, two different people. I, um, after mum passed away, I, I knew I needed a coach because I was just running around aimlessly and, and Googled around and I just googled australia's best ultra runner and brendan davies came up and uh, i just searched him on facebook and sent him a message he goes yeah well i'm, I'm just starting up a coaching business you know um, that'd be great and sent me all this information and, and brendan coached me for a few years which was really good so um yeah and then i had a bit of time away from being coached and trying to do my own thing and dnf'd a lot of races and, and got injured and yeah, yeah sure. i'm up with my new coach now um, Matthew Davies, so I've been with him for a year. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. We'll get into that shortly. Um, do we? Did you? Do we establish what the? Sorry, if if you don't mind me asking, the cancer that your mum experienced. Uh, she had what's it, esophagus cancer. So when she was younger, she used to have a lot of acid reflux, um, and she had a slight operation back then. And every time she ate, she used to have to take like a a quickies or an antacid to stop the reflux coming up, burning her esophagus. And what happened is over time, it um, created a bit of an abnormality in her cells, which became a tumor, um, which had multiple operations and, and a lot of chemo. And um, yeah, just was, she had to have an operation to remove her esophagus and then t- retire her stomach and she couldn't eat solids anymore as well. So. Um, if it's any consolation, my father is undergoing mesothelemia, a, a terminal cancer. Yeah. As speak. Um, and it's this yeah, it's from hear, um, inhalation of asbestos, which he experienced yep. yeah. as a kid working on his home with his father, which has appeared in his lungs in the last few months. Um, yep. You know, 40 years later, 40, yeah, 40 years later. Um, so, yeah, we're currently experiencing him going through chemo. And, um, yep. you know, all these experiences shape you in different ways. And, and you know, he's, he's a runner too. And he was yeah, running, he, is. he yeah. ran a half half marathon a month ago, I think, before all the, all the chemo. It's crazy how it works. Um, so, yeah, you're not alone with that. And, yeah, definitely sorry to hear it. But obviously mm. it's led you into um, a healthier and, and, and better life. And if we, so if we went back to then, you know, 2015, 16, what sort of times were you running from memory? I think like you were, 
you were ducking under the 19s in the 5K, Kedron, I think. Only just, yeah. To, yeah, to start with. I remember <laughs> battling to get like a low 19. <laughs> you and me both. Well, it's probably 80 kilos though. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, so what? just tell us how much you're sort of, you think maybe weighing at the time and, and how fit you actually were based on any kind of times or that kind of thing. I think I was weighing... Oh, it would have been about 86 kilos back then. Um, and I guess that my training was a lot different then. It was a lot more focused on ultra marathons. So my, I didn't have as much speed in my legs. Um, I wasn't running half the mileage I'm running now. Um, and training looked a lot different. Like park run was probably the biggest run of the week. And you do like a couple of speed sets during the week, but park run was, yeah, yeah. You know, you'd want to get under 20 minutes. And yeah, you know, all you, you do is it, run hard. Yeah, just flat out and kill yourself for you know nineteen minutes or twenty. Like as long as you got under the twenty minutes, and used to be happy with that. And yeah, everything looked a lot different back then. It's a, you know, you didn't. I didn't focus on it as much as I do now. Like with recovery, and that's a, a big, big, big factor in like the, the things that I've learned in the last year about recovery and and things where I never used to. Like it was you'd finish a run and go have a coffee, not finish a run and go have a protein shake or um, yeah, to make sure yeah. that all those cells that you've just tore up are, are getting repaired so you can go out the next day and, and back it up. And yeah, so a lot of things look different, I guess. And I eat more now, which is seems counterintuitive, but I, I do, I eat a lot more than what I used to and I'm half the size. So Yeah. yeah I assume but, eating, but eating better and then the, and the right foods, obviously all us runners will go in some treats. I'd love up. to say that. I'd love to say now, that I eat better. Literally, literally um, having a lot of sugar Droplet. and takeaway stuff. <laughs> a lot of, oh, probably not. I do. Some, some weeks are just terrible for us. Wheat pizza, like for example, we just had red rooster for lunch. <laughs> um, this morning we had an acai bowl where we finished. We've had chocolate, soft drinks. Like it's a, yeah, it's a dabble in the food, but then, you know, it all balances out. Like our dinners are always fairly healthy, I guess. Probably not. Probably not. You know, like a someone that's really, really into their calorie counting. That that doesn't happen with us. So. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. It, obviously, it's counteracted with a lot of K's, and and yeah. the body needs calories if you, if you're doing that. So, were you saying earlier you're you're weighing about ninety kilos in the peak? And have you got any idea of your weight right now? Uh my weight. I was, sit around 74 now 74 yeah. to 76 i seem to fluctuate and i found that that's probably my most health, <coughs> healthiest because every time i dipped under it i got injured um and yeah i've had a you know a stress fracture from it i've torn both my hamstrings every time i get under 70 it doesn't seem to be very healthy for me so I sort of just kept it around 74 to 76 and touch wood yeah able so to, it, to maintain what, that Oh, it's great. So you think it's the injuries when you're below 70 or like the health, you get sick more often or what is it? Yeah, it definitely gets sick more often. Um, I think, I don't think I was nourishing my body enough. Like I used to be really focused on being smaller, being skinnier because, you know, I'm not going to lie. It does feel a lot easier when you, you yeah. run, but I seem to be faster now and heavier, but I'm not, you don't get, you don't crash in the, the afternoons. Your body's not fighting itself to keep pushing it. Like, you go out for a run and you still feel really great um, every day. And just as long as you fuel yourself, um, I found that, you know, you build, your muscles repair themselves. Like it just feels a lot better than not fueling yourself. If, if yeah. that makes sense. 
Oh, mm. definitely. And hey, you'd have about 10 kilos in, in each year calves, wouldn't you? Your calves are pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do still have a few dramas with them. I've got to go to the physio every week just to make sure that they get ironed out because they, they do really, um, they, they play havoc on me a lot. Definitely the opposite of my calves. Um, <laughs> and mine also calls me havoc because they're, they're so, so weak and I need to do more strength work, I reckon. Um, so what, what does your training week look like then in terms of, are you doing any strength work? And I know oh, out yeah. of Ferny Grove, it's, and as you said earlier, quite a hilly area, you got access to trails, which is amazing. I'm very envious of that. Love the gravel. Um, I do Ooh, a they're across the gravel road, out yeah. here. Um, yeah. the wetlands here in North, North Brisbane is great yep. for me. Not, not as hilly as that area. So I don't get that out of it, but you get hills and the trails and the bushland, uh, must be great mentally and enjoyable to get out there. And um, how does that fit into your family life and, and that kind of thing from Monday to Sunday? And with Jess, what sort of running are you doing? Yep. Um, I guess you know, we'll start off with running. So um, I could go through the, the days like Monday, I'd just yeah, do yeah. an easy, easy run, like of about 50 minutes, generally 50 to an hour. And some days, depending on where the block is, I do another 30 in the afternoon. And then Tuesday is generally an hour in the morning and then 30 minutes in the afternoon. And then Wednesday, you lead into like a marathon sort of workout. Um, it can either be a marathon workout or some type, generally a fart leg type workout, um, depending on where, where you are in the block. But it, they look like a three by 4K with a, a 1K float or a 500 meter float. And that you end up with 22 kilometers Wednesday morning. And, at marathon pace and um in the afternoon that's another 30 minutes and then thursday's recovery again uh, 50 minutes and then 30 in the afternoon and friday generally lately has been one hour with eight by 30 second strides um, oh, okay and then you'll have another recovery on saturday and then a long type marathon workout on sunday like i guess the one coming up Tomorrow's only three hours because I'm supposed to be recovering from Noosa still, apparently. And let's um let's get some perspective as you're looking around on your is that your phone you're looking at? Um for the listeners yeah, so about just looking... proximity to Gold Coast, <laughs> yeah. because this weekend is a month, isn't it, to the big day? It is. Um tomorrow I've got like a, a three hour just aerobic run, just still recovering from Noosa, but then the week after it's like a fifteen K easy pace into five K at marathon pace at three forty five and then ten by one minute on and off five K at four minutes and then 7k at marathon effort and then finish with a jog so it's about 40 kilometers worth of marathon work wow yeah it's pretty that sounds pretty complex <laughs> and that so that yeah. is that all put together by uh matt davies is it it is yeah so um, you got any background on him i haven't had much to do to do with him in the running community what's his his background and and how do you guys tee up you know the running together um it's I was looking for a coach when I first met Jess because I was just sort of running what she was running and was near killing me, to be honest. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and yeah, as well as just getting over a stress fracture and she runs about 500 kilometres a week. So it was a little hard to keep up. And um, She suggested, she had a friend named Pat Darwin. and he was currently being coached by Matthew at the time. And um, she said, oh, one of my friends gets coached by him. Why don't you have a look, look him up and, and see? And I um, just applied for it and he gave me a call and we went through some things and some goals and yeah, I would have been 
11 months ago, I contacted Matt and he's been coaching me ever since and everything he's coached me for, I've been managed to PB, which I've been very, very lucky about, hence run to PB, I guess. But um, he's brilliant. He, if I want to target a 5K, he'll tell him a training to that or, or anything, um, that to 100, because I was talking to him about doing another 100. So. Yeah, great. And d- does, he, does he run his programs through initially... Uh, like this in a Zoom setting or on the phone or just directly through uh, programming in emails? How does that work? Um, there's an app called Final Surge. Um, oh, snap. Yeah. And it just lays it all out. So I've just got it on my phone or I can text him or throw him an Instagram message or give him a call. Um, he's always pretty available. Like he's very good with feedback and things like that. And um, Yeah. And he'll put all my weeks in Final Surge, like two weeks max normally and has all these notes in each run and what he wants me to do, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So where does like Bert tie into that? Bert run their sessions, the Brisbane Elite Running Team is their formal name. No one ever refers to them as the Brisbane Elite Running Team, do they do that? It tends to be the, the acronym Bert, of yeah. Bert. Um, <laughs> a lot easier to say. That's Tuesday mornings predominantly as a group session. I know they run things ad hoc through the week. Do you, yeah. how often are you attending the Tuesdays there? And are you getting stuff out of the likes of Peter Bracken um, or, you know, anyone else experienced at the Burke group? Yeah, definitely. Like that's been so valuable to my running and just meeting really great mind, like, like-minded people. Um, I thought I was pushing myself until I went to um, a Burt session and yeah, it was just totally different. I was like, wow, like I'm just <laughs> taking myself to a new level, <laughs> and, you know, like, like so this is how i need to push myself and um it's joining bert uh, this year uh, november last year has single-handedly i can really attest to say that that's taken my running to a whole new level and perspective about how to push yourself um and just some of the, the people that you meet there they're, they're all great people you know they um show up and just everyone wants to train and um you know when you race together everyone wants to see everyone do well and yeah, it's a it's a really really yeah a really great unique running club that or yeah I'm really proud to be a part of. So. Oh yeah, I've obviously heard great things about it. My fear of ever going for a run there is that I'll get so attached <laughs> to it, like yeah, addictive personality, and I fear at this point in time with a baby, um, work <laughs> and coaching, running at work, you know, of of being so committed to be there every Tuesday because surely yeah arriving there as a you know when you're running your own a lot. And or if you run around people who kind of envy you and and think you're some kind of king of running in some capacity, you, you can be put to place yeah. pretty easily when you go to a group like like Bert, even from <laughs> female runners to older runners. Very easy. Or yeah. very, very, oh, you definitely. know, I hear some schoolboys are attending some sessions now in the last few years that yeah, it okay. must just be some kind of vortex that you run into around the, the new farm park there that sucks you in with so many runners around you in sessions. It must, must be liberating. Yeah, it really is. Like everyone's so, you know, open and, and nice and, and just train very hard. Like when the session's in, it's just <laughs> all business. Like, yeah, it's great. I can't say enough good things about it. Like very addicted to it. Oh, yeah. So is it like, is this now your singlet, per- permanent singlet for races, Bert? Or do you yeah, have any definitely. other loyalty to any other groups? Um, my good friend, Darcy, um, he has a, a, a group called Hillbilly Endurance. Um, it's more ultra running focused and 
um, he's got some great runners a part of that group as well. And, um, you know, usually if we're doing an ultra run or something like that, that's part of it as well. So, you know, he's been a good friend of mine for a very, very long time. So, Yeah, excellent. <clears throat> um, now, Matt, I was going to get into the nutrition side of things uh, in the next question. Obviously, you've touched on it just earlier um, or maybe lack thereof good nutrition. But yep. um, I want to look <laughs> at more so... Um, I had a question on Instagram after posting that um, story of you a few days ago about particularly in those longer events, how you prepare nutritionally and then during the events, what's, what's worked for you? Have you found a particular a gel? How often do you take them in the races and how do you take on uh, even things like water? Um, for the longer events, like a hundred Ks, I used to focus on at least 200 calories of electrolytes in a drink. Um, and back then it used to be tailwind actually it was two scoops per hour of tailwind plus one gel, which gave me nearly an excess of 80 grams of carbs. Um, and then if I knew a, a really long hill climb was coming up, I'd just have another gel. Um, I'd just have it in my hand and eat on it on the way up as I was dying, trying to go up these big climbs. And, um, sometimes at aid stations, you grab some watermelon while you're just going through it. Um, but yeah, like. I used to stick to that 200 cals an hour plus um, gels, but it's it's changed a lot now um, from back then. But that that used to sustain me, and I found it if you don't separate everything, um, if you keep because you can keep your water with your, your scoops of electrolyte, like so to speak, your tailwind and, and things like that, which used to work out to like it's 24 or 20 scoops per 100k or something, which is a lot of sugar. <laughs> Yeah, obviously you need it though. And where did you get with this 200 or something uh, measurement? Was that something you heard of or was it through experimentation uh, to find? Definitely through experimentation because yeah. it's a scoop that comes in there and it gives you like a rough, you know, nutritional guideline what per each scoop contains. So I started with one and found that I was bonking and I'd have another bottle there that have two in it. So try that for the next hour. And then I'd have, I tried some with three scoops I thought would work, but then you get gut issues and, um, too many cramps so there's too many carbs going in there sugar um, and you get good <laughs> big cramps in the stomach so yeah i've sort of nailed it to two scoops with gel so yeah, oh, that's great well. and and what about leading into those longer events are you a believer in the whole carb loading thing and if so uh what do you do in the days leading or the week prior probably just eat a bit more toast <laughs> to be honest yeah, uh, good toast <laughs> yeah i love toast like, you know if you're ever hungry you just veg wine on toast but yeah it didn't really change much maybe the night before it'd be um a bowl of rice just with soy sauce or a big 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 pizza or a bowl of pasta really yeah but salt sodium really is so isn't it salt yeah yeah and that all my nutrition now with races and running looks at yeah totally different from what it used yeah, to yeah so let's then, get into so. that so let's say tomorrow on the long run you cover are you covering 30k tomorrow is that right uh three hours yeah uh what what will <laughs> the energy intake look like then as you wake up before it and then and during oh uh, when i wake up i just have a coffee uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> i don't really eat before i go for a run so i think there's like an hour's worth that you can pretty much run on nothing but mm. A while ago, Jess got me onto this stuff called Infinite. Um, I was I think we'll, it was back when I first got back into running last year and I was dying at like 16 kilometers. It's like, have this. And 
I had it. And 10 minutes later, I just, I felt like I, I was brand new. Like I wasn't yeah. thirsty. I had all this energy. It was, it was, I don't know. Yeah, gel. I said, what's that? <laughs> um, yeah, it was like a, a drink called Infinite. Um, it's sort of like Tailwind, but a lot better. Um, and yeah, now I've sort of got really into that. It's like good electrolyte, carbohydrates, um, and you can get it tailored to you. Like you go on their website and it asks you if you're a big sweater or what type of running you're doing and they tailor it to you. And yeah, really, I can't fault it. Like, and I have that now with a, a Morton gel per hour. So how do you, how are you carrying the, so it's a drink. How are you carrying that around? They give you little, like really little soft glass. So they yeah. you can just tuck them into your shorts or oh, sweet. in your pocket. And yeah, they're only like, I think they're 200 mil if that. And yeah, they're bloody brilliant. Does it taste yeah. good or is it something hard to get down? No, it tastes really good. Like yeah. you can get a nice orange flavor, watermelon, yeah. like there's natural ones. I've tried them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dan Simons brought it up a few interviews ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, if, if you know any of his running, he runs up to 60K long runs. So he does. Yeah. Uh, obviously it's, it's a pretty reputable brand by the sounds of it. Mm, I figured if Jess can run that much and she's on it, well, must yeah. be good. So <laughs> that's why I thought I'd, just, I'll latch onto that one and coffee. <laughs> yeah. And will they, so what will, what will feature then on the Gold Coast Marathon day? Are you going to lug around these, these little drink bottles for a full marathon or just take on the gels? I was lucky enough to get priority um, start, which you're allowed to put your drinks out oh, on the on course. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll chuck my drinks on there and just carry a couple of gels with me. So I'll be able to just pick up the flask as I, I go past the table. So that'll work brilliant. Sweet. What's the cutoff and how do you get in there? Because you did a 254, uh, at sunny coast, um, which is a good time. The Noosa but... time. Oh, the Noosa, the Noosa half. half marathon. Yeah. Let me, um, I was lucky enough to, to jump on that just, I think it was a 117. So, oh, yeah. so it's either a half cutoff or a marathon cutoff that they yeah. want you to have. Yep. And yeah, I, I put it in and applied and yeah, got the email about three days ago that I was accepted for the priority start. So I was pretty happy with that. Sweet. I might have to go sub 117 myself at Gold Coast Half. So if I ever need to do a marathon in the next few years, I'll <laughs> definitely. Go to the front. Are you doing but the half? I'll be doing the half. Yeah. All my training's been geared towards it in the last yep. six months. The last two weeks have been shocking with illness. Um, yeah. This weird yeah, injury bad. with. Um, my abs kept kind of cramping up, but that's gone. That seems to have gone. So the half is on oh, the good. radar and I'm um, hoping that background uh, training block can sort me out. I'm going to try, I'm doing the 10K tomorrow at Brisbane, Brisbane Marathon. Oh, as, okay. Yeah, I'll be there. Effort. Oh, you are? What are you doing? Just spectating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go down and I'll do a long run after it. Well, I had a 10K threshold on the, on the program as part of a 20k long run, which would have been at three, about 345s for me at the half marathon pace. So I figured I haven't raced yep. for like two years. I want to get in there, get involved. <laughs> and if I've got a podcast, I probably should be getting out to more races, I think. So <laughs> might Definitely, actually mate. get out of this, this podcasting room out of the office and uh, get out in the roads. And Put you know, down. if things go well, um, it is hilly. I'm definitely in a, yeah, definitely. a state to get a PB. You know, I'm holding 325s for a 5K. There's no reason why I can hold, can't hold hold 335s for a 10K. And that'd, that'd get a PB. Oh, uh, yeah, me. I so, reckon. Yeah, see how we go. But yeah, definitely the sickness is 
is, uh, you know, hasn't led me in a, in a position of uh, certainty for tomorrow. But, yeah. <laughs> um, looking forward. So I'm taking over a bib of a mate. So I never planned to do it until two days ago. <laughs> they're always the best ones i guess that'll be fun yeah 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 it's treat it as a training run yeah it's gonna go i reckon it's gonna go really well or really bad <laughs> yeah it can either go one way mate <laughs> i might see you out there if, I, if i'm dying up up the hill towards the story bridge yeah and, and somewhere near it i'll yell out yeah, that Definitely. won't be fun. Ivory, Ivory Lane or Street. Ivory Lane, yeah, the one next to it, isn't it? Yeah, that's a killer, that hill. It's the hill that's like you can't get – it's even hard to run quickly down it. It's that steep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know the one. Yeah, it's so rough. Poor yeah, buddies in that race. Yeah, not looking forward to that. <laughs> I would say I feel for you, mate, but <laughs> – <laughs> See how we go, um, mate. So let's yeah, let's gear back on towards you um, and, and get off the topic of me. Uh, so what about what about mentally and especially in terms of your training now is very specific with what Matt Davis is planning you. How what motivates you, inspires you to get the training done week to week before we get into anything during the actual races that keeps you going. I can. I guess since Maddie's been training me and and running with Bert, like I'm starting to see some results, like some ones that I've always wanted. I don't know how I'm getting them at 40, but here we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it just, it really inspires me to get out of bed. And I always think, well, if I can do this and if I can nail that, well, hopefully I'll get better times. And, you know, and I really enjoy it. Like I really love the process of it all. And I love, the way it gets mapped out and how Maddie explains it to me and benefits and um, knowing if I, if I do the work, hopefully I can uh, result in a good time on race day or a park run or, um, you know, hopefully the Gold Coast Marathon, I'm hoping. So, and just if I follow his guidance and, and make sure that I do it to a T that I'll get the results that I've always been after. So, um, so far I've got them and, I guess it, it just keeps inspiring me to get out of bed and just want to make sure I do it better. Like it you know, inspires the hell out of me, to be honest. And I've got, as you know, I'm partners with um, Jess as well. And yeah. I take a lot of inspiration from her. Um, she's phenomenal. Like she, I really look up to her and her training philosophy and how much she trains and, and the results she gets and how good she is at like what she does and um, how she works with her coach and, um yeah so i think well if she can do it <laughs> hopefully i can <laughs> and, um, hey did she yeah, beat she, your pb the other week then at noosa oh I, I so hope she did i hope like i was just standing at the finish line i'm like come on I, i'd really love her to to just smash me and yeah unfortunately she was on some um really really strong antibiotics before the like the week of and they're making her really sick um, she had stomach problems and um, she had these strong antibiotics and they were, they were just wiping her a week off and she stopped taking them probably a day out. Um, you know, I wish yeah, it would have looked a lot different if she wasn't on them, but yeah, she, oh, it was wow. like 20, it was 50 seconds difference in us. <laughs> so she would have got it easy. I reckon if she didn't have that yeah rough week where she was really sick and on antibiotics and, yeah, but still put down an amazing time of 2.55. So yeah, yeah, things wow. like that inspire me. She inspires them. 
the shit out of me. So yeah, well, so you got you got your partner, you've got Bert, <coughs> your coach, um, you know, your mother, mother, mother's passing yeah. years ago. Uh, obviously, so many things there luring you towards wanting to run. Is there anything yeah. gearing you away from running? If you're ever not in the mood or anything along those lines, what what is it that comes to mind? I've always thought, well, you know, if you're in a bad mood, by the time you finish the run, that, that bad mood's gone. Like it's, yeah. it, it doesn't matter how far it feels at the start. If you want to just jog, like, you know, everyone's capable, capabilities are different and, you know, it looks different to them. So just by the time you finish that jog, even if it's for half an hour, you're not the same person when you started, like you, you're much happier and yeah. Yeah. So, so and, that, and fatigue and, 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 you know, sleeping and that kind of thing with kids, is that probably the biggest thing you think? Like when I think of myself with my baby and the daycare <laughs> illnesses getting around this year, <laughs> it's always him. And, and if, if I have to shift my run from the morning to the other or go for a jog, like you said, so instead hard. of a session, then, yeah, I just get it done, and and it you definitely do feel better after it, even if even if you've had an average sleep that night. I reckon if you go for a run, and if you're sleeping poorly anyway, what's what's the point in trying to sleep another hour? And you can just get out the door and go for a run anyway. Oh yeah, exactly. Like when I flew home from Darwin the other day, uh, my flight got pushed back till three thirty. Um, I got up at eleven, headed to the airport, and I did, should have checked my notifications. Could have stayed in bed, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, left Darwin at 3.30 in the morning. I got back to Brisbane. I think I got home at 8.30 and I said, hi, Jess. <laughs> Put my running gear on and went for a run and um, felt heaps better after it, after sitting down and, and being so tired, you know, and was able to just go on with my day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so are you, are you drinking it all around running these days or completely away oh, from alcohol? I wouldn't say completely away. Like, you know, everyone's having a beer or something i'll have a beer with yeah. them and i like i like a really good beer you know yeah. um, a nice yeah. pat like because i don't drink much of it I'll, I'll make sure that i buy a really decent one to enjoy it and um you know around a sitting i don't i wouldn't sit at home and, and keep beer in the fridge just to sit down and crack a tin and by myself like i'm really addicted to um flavored sparkling water oh yeah <laughs> we're, we're so alike the more we speak yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you haven't got bucks parties to no, I'm get around that to you know, be drinking <laughs> for 12 hours or whatever. It's pretty difficult these days. Definitely similar with that. Um, for me, I found it's yeah, finding a drink that you like. For me, it's red wine or a, or a dark beer. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I generally have one of them. And if I, if I get a bit excitable, I'll, I'll have two. <laughs> Live on the edge of it. <laughs> Back when I still drank a, a fair bit and ran, I didn't realise my race was three o'clock the morning of. I thought it was the way the one after. And I think I was on my sixth beer and I seen this story come up on Instagram. So can't wait for the race in six hours. And I was like, are we racing too? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at the time, like I had my good mate, Dan, and he um took me down and yeah, helped me out and we got it done. <laughs> what about park runs back in the day? Did you ever have any um larger nights? Oh. You know, those guys that, were you a guy that, would you know party on a Friday night but be so committed to a park run that you just go anyway regardless of, of the night or would it tend to be a, a quiet night in? <laughs> I tried it once and it just it really didn't end up well <laughs> like it was 
<laughs> I might as well just walk, to be honest. And then the whole day, I was just—I felt like I was about seventy-five years old. And <laughs> I should have just stayed in bed. The wife did it after I don't know a how work people party do it. once at Kedron Park Run after a Christmas party. It was so hot. Yeah. It was summer, obviously, Christmas party. Wow. And and but she did a, a remarkable time at Kedron. It may have even been PB. Wow. So it did no wonders <laughs> to like, you know, um, sort of promote the drinking side of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't in a negative light. People do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, just to finish with, just want to check in with the running goals in the next year or so. Obviously, Gold Coast we covered and then get into, got a few listener questions this week through the Instagram post. So I'll surprise you with a few. Yeah. I'm hoping you know the guys that have posted because. No, I don't know three or four of them. I do know one of them. Um, <laughs> anyway, you got Gold Coast in a month. Anything else yep. lined up for this year or next? Um, this year, I was going to try and do, well, I've always wanted to put down a really good 100-kilometer trail race. Um, and I did speak to my coach about the Surf Coast Century that Jess will probably do as well um, in September. It's not a very big to well to his disgust it's a very big block to train come off gold coast and go into it but he said we can do it he's confident so um is that then the gc50 um at the end of the year i really want to have a go i did oh, a few years ago coming off the back of a black or 100 but that didn't work too well and um, so this time i want to come in and commit to that and um next year i will keep progressing with the marathons i think the road stuff um i feel that it's probably there's about at least two three years i just really need to focus on it and, and hopefully get better because I'm, I'm getting older so <laughs> yeah this is my worry eh? like i'm mid-30s now and running the best times of my life but it's also it's excitement with that but then also around the corner is older age of course so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know i just feel fitter and more healthy at 40 than i ever have so yeah it's crazy it's isn't crazy. it and yeah, mm. I'm hoping that, um, that that can inspire the listeners, both of us. But you know, you got a handful of years on me, and um, yeah, you know, to be to be in your forties and, and still improving is definitely a possibility for many runners out there. So hopefully, they can get a bit out of this. Um, shall we get to the, the listener questions? Questions, rather yeah, sure. than questions. <laughs> I've got four here. Do you do you know a guy called Daniel Horro? I think I do, yeah. Yeah. I know Jess, your partner, posted the story, reposted rather on Instagram. And, you know, when we when I have listeners and also guests on the on the podcast post these things up, it just you know, it just goes out to a wider community. And then then I yep. you know, Jess or you will post something and then I see like, oh, you've got five new followers and I click on them and <laughs> they're all carrying um infinity water bottles and they must be trail runners and they must be you know, known to Jake or Jess. <laughs> um, Probably Jess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. He, he didn't have a question. He, he had a statement. He said, um, all he said was that you were flying at Noosa. He may, maybe he was running up there. Yeah. I think he was actually. Um, I remember who he is now. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and the other one was this, champion. I've heard of this eat, sleep, run podcast. I think it's run by a handful of older blokes, um, older than us and locally to in Brisbane um yeah like four I know, or five of them on it yeah they have a bit of a chat i, I think they yeah i know steve woolley um hey i know steve woolley too. I, no he's yeah he, i think his sister i think that they're, they're related yeah. through his sister brother 
relationship she taught me at school really yeah he's such a nice bloke um yeah you couldn't meet a nicer guy steve actually um yeah that's how i know that podcast actually so interesting um he so yeah he asked what has helped you to improve your 5k time because i know even years ago all your longer stuff you turn up to kedron park run and you'd been doing no speed work and you'd mm. you'd you know break pbs and stuff like that do you think now though it's a combination of that coupled with the really specific training now with with bert and and through your programming i've changed a lot um <laughs> I used to think more is better. Like yeah. you do a speed set, then you go do a long run the next day, then do some more speed work and, and really try and just, I actually, I just didn't get any faster. And now it's more specific around doing your speed sessions, but then jogging for the next few days after it to absorb it. So you can actually hit some really high paces in, in the training as you know, you're um, mm. that the coach at work and, um, I remember some of your sets actually. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I just found that running to feel the next day really helped. Like some people will go out and just, well, me, I used to go out and try and run a long run the next day and, and then wonder why I never got any, any quicker. And it was just a whole different mindset that changed me. Like Matt um, programs it in a way to make sure that you're recovered from your session so you can, put it in again and I guess hence put another building block in to, to step yeah. up and get more, yeah. you know? Yeah. Specificity, right? Like really yeah. each day there's a real purpose behind it and you know that it's a recovery day or it's a harder day. Uh, that yeah, is, mate, that's, that's great advice. I definitely think I tell, I'll tell him that this morning to a mate of mine who yesterday yeah. run an 8k. He's very recreational runner. Used to be a yep. sprinter. He did an 8k at, you know, for him probably, a slow tempo pace at lunch yep. between work and then today expects to run a 5k a pb at park run oh, so you yeah. know those little things but, but between planning your runs i think is very important this this next question is from a guy called the postman that's his name on instagram anyway yeah okay <laughs> and he and all he's written is carpet snakes jump over them or dnf oh, matthew um we we had this um Oh, what are we doing? It's called the, the longest day. It was up on the Sunshine Coast around the Goat Loop. It's a 12K loop, 550 metres elevation. And you just sign in this book every time you do a loop. And, and Matt, great guy, <laughs> running along and this huge python came out. And I said, I can't go any further. I just stood there. And um, he's jumped over it and I made him shoo it off. The, the, like it was huge. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you it's huge. <laughs> and I made him take it off the path before I'd run past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cheeky. Right. That's hilarious. Um, next one's from a mate of mine, actually. I'm not sure if you know him. He works at Brooks at DFO in Brisbane. Uh, yep. His name's Chris Littlejohn. He now lives at the Gold Coast. Do you know him at all? I think I've heard of him, yeah. yeah I think I know Chris. Age I don't know him in person, yeah. He brought up the fact that in races, and it's pretty rare for runners, elite, more elite runners to have AirPods in their ears for races, more so training. Why do you, how yeah. and why do you, do you race in AirPods? I find like anything over 5K, if I don't have my AirPods in, my breathing just turns me off. Like, it, it, like if I'm going to be honest, it gets in my head. So if I don't hear my breathing, I'm fine. It's something, yeah, like I've tried to run long, I do sometimes on a Sunday 
um, just not putting them in for a long run if I'm doing a session in between it. But it's just, I can't seem to part with them. Like I even try, and I just, I can't. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, and it's really what, are you, what are you blasting there? Heavy metal, heavy rock, dance music? Uh, it's, a, it's a very, very diverse playlist. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of heavy metal, probably trance music, even pop music, I guess. It's just, there's a lot of stuff on there. And you must have a connection to your uh, Garmin and Garmin music or whatever. I carried my phone at Noosa. I just put no it in way. my back pocket. Yeah, put my gels wow. in my back pocket and put my phone in there. And Really? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, There'd yeah, be very, got... very few runners doing that out there. Yeah, it's something I've probably got to <laughs> steer away from. One bit of advice for a younger Jake. You know, Jake from 20 to 30, what a piece of advice would you have in one sentence? um if you have a dream go and follow it like don't give up when it gets hard like just go for it because it generally the hard stuff leads to the good things in life but you got to put the hard stuff in first if i realized that when i was 20 who knows yeah 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 great piece of advice uh if i asked you if you can only do road races or trail races for the rest of your life what would you choose road Ooh, I've changed. You're converted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm converted. <laughs> I just love it. Oh, it's hilarious. It's, it's nicer on my body too. Now you're an avid fan of Oakley sunglasses. Have you got a favorite pair? Uh, I've got my Oakley Suntros. Um, they're like a purple with green through them. I just yeah, can't take them off. I need a picture of them. I'm gathering they're like the, the welding sized sunglasses. Yes. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they're so cool. I haven't converted to that width yet. I'm still on the, the triathlon Oakley radar. Yeah, I, I started yeah. with the jaw, jaw breakers and then, yeah, <laughs> converted from there. Hey, uh, current shoes for all your training and races? Um, on recoveries, I go from like Noosa Tries to Noosa Glide, no, no, not Noosa, Asics Glide Rides, um, Sakoni Speeds and Nike Invincibles, like just on my everyday running and... Um, tempo next percents for faster stuff or even on um like if i do a speed set i chuck on my alpha flies most times but i'm just going to watch my perineals because they're so unstable so yeah you don't wear orthotics no oh that's that's um definitely God. handy <laughs> yeah luckily <laughs> that's i go through that every day of the week oh, anyway man. um mate last one's the most important question of the of the uh interview you ready and then we're done. Yep, go. Um, what do you most enjoy about running? Is it is it the performance and, and PBs driving you, or is it the uh, mental outcomes from it all? Is it is the socializing aspect, or is it too hard to pick one? I, I think it's the um, the process, the process, and the way it, it helps shape everything else in your life as well. Like I've met some really great people through running, and even my partner. So you know, I'm going to say, well. I guess the, one of my favorite things is my partner because I met her through runnings. Yeah, excellent. I was going <laughs> to ask if there was any shout outs to anyone at the end of this episode. And there you go. There's one to Jess. <laughs> Jess, my coach, and definitely Bert. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bert's helped me just be better and realize that you can be a better athlete as long as you, if you really put in, like I thought I was putting in, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great, mate. Um, now I'm looking forward to posting this this afternoon. I think it's a great time as well now with Gold Coast around the corner, about a month out yeah. from Gold Coast. 
Brisbane Marathon Festival tomorrow. If there's people listening tonight, they'd be pretty keen listeners. Maybe it'll yeah, be Jake Townsend streaming the, his own podcast in the next few hours. <laughs> <laughs> One day. <laughs> yeah, oh, so I'm you know, hope, hoping um, some, you know, some Burke guys listening to the episode and, and you know, you yeah. know, what I'm finding getting feedback of runners out there that even I don't know of who are just recreational plotters getting um, stuff out of both the coaches I'm interviewing and, and the faster guys and yep. um, the ones with backgrounds like yourself who weren't into running for many years and now yeah. peaking at an older age. So I'm really enjoying that um, aspect of it and, and the fact that they're learning things not just from running but away from the sport as well. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it's good. Like that's what I said to you. Like some of the questions you, you get out of these good runners, like it's good to get a an inside perspective of them. Like you know them as that's a really fast guy, but <laughs> there's a whole nother story to it. Um, <laughs> mate, no, thanks. Thanks for that. If, if um, yeah, you're around the race precinct tomorrow, say good day. I'll um, be yelling out. I'll be, Don't done, worry. I'll be done. Hopefully, um, what 35 minutes after 6:45. So I'm looking at 7:20. See you 7:20 at the. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> I'll be there. If I'm not there by 7:20, mate. I've blown up on the uh, ivory lane. <laughs> Just go out and smash it. You know yes, you can. <laughs> no, I'm, mate, I'll leave nothing. No stone unturned. Mm. Cheers, mate. I will. Catch Cheers, up. Thank all. you very Thanks, much. Man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, you too. See you all.